Let me introduce you to the elements. Hey, you, I heard you shining, but I got that gold membership. I rose from the bush like Valentine's petals from an unstable family of alkaline metals. Hitting prime time like Channel 5 specials, and I never handle rocks like Palestine rebels with pebbles. The antics and antiquities and Mr. Steve's always got a trick up my sleeve. Miss, please, ancient magic of witchcraft. Skip class, and I barely just passed. A young grasshopper that's trying to switch pads. She trying to get bent like light when it hits glass. Bong smoke got me blazed as hell. Burning weight like them 47 J's. I scale. You can tell by the amazing smell. And my eyes stay tight like I'm Asian. Wow. My man Dirty had the Buddha just to put me in the right mind. Yeah. You Never die as long as we got real shows like this holding us down. Yeah. Yeah. What up, Dormit? Coordinate all operations directly under my command. What about security control? Choo choo. 24 hour alert is already in effect, General. Good. Irish. The people who work and live here who built this city are the prime concern. Pacifica will go on full emergency status. You'll have it, sir. But I'd like to get these two hands on whoever's behind all this. Right now, we have to save Project Mole, and we don't know how much time we have left to do it. WNYU, now where are we with Pedo Oasis and Darmic X? Much love to you, much love. WNYU 89.1 FM, New York, also broadcasting live on 89.1 FM. Yes, and also now available on iTunes. No, not live. Well, no, you can listen to our show on iTunes, you can listen to our show on Stitcher, and also you can listen to our show on, there's another one, Tune In Radio On Tune In Radio, you can listen to Tune In Radio live if you're listening now, but if you want to search for past shows, you just search NW3 Radio. Yes. Isn't that amazing, Darmic? Three is the magic number. Yeah. Turn the instrumental up a little. I could barely hear anything. Okay, okay. I don't know, it's just low. I've got it higher than it normally is. Oh, man. This is 89.1 FM. Peter's here. Dharmic is here. Yes. And we're going to start the show off before we get into what we're doing here and what we're doing this month. We're going to start with a very special contest. Mm -hmm. We have two sets of tickets. We're going to give away both sets of tickets. First show we have is a very exclusive Friday night show at the Sonos Soundstage. That's in New York City. We can't give you the address, only if you win the tickets, because too many people will show up. What we have is Party Supplies. Yes. With a backing band. We have Antibalas. Right. We have Rock Marciano, or Rock Marcy, right? Yep. And... A few other special guests. Party Supplies is going to be playing music off of the Blue Chips albums, both one and two. And some other special stuff happening that night. We have tickets to that. We have two tickets. And then Darmic arranged another contest for us. Darmic, let us know what we have. So on October 7th, Big Crit will make his way back to New York uh, as part of his current tour. And he will be at Highline Ballroom and... The winner of this contest will get a pair of tickets to that concert as well. All right. We're not one for giving away tickets. I just kind of want to get this out of the way. To win the tickets, this is easy. You're going to call the number. 212-998-1818. Once again, that is... 212-998-1818. 
888-818-8818. And now the first person who calls that number and can name the members of nonfiction wins a ticket. There's a pretty have, easy like, one. Three callers. Holy moly. Can we put this on Unbelievable. speaker? Unbelievable. Can we put this on speaker? Let's uh, try this. Let's try this. Let's try this. Caller, you're on air. Rarely. You're on the air. Hello. All right. All right. What's your name, brother? Anthony. Where are you calling from? Calling from Manhattan. Ah, uh, money-making Manhattan. What's up, my dude? All right. All right. Now, th- there's a contest. Can you name the original members of the rap group called Nonfiction? Nope. <laughs> All right. So, hmm. Darmic, are we going to stick to the rules, or are we just going to give them to Anthony? No, no, we got we got more callers. I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> Caller, you on there? Yeah, the original members or the members? The original members. All right, well, the members are Bill Bill, Gore-Tex, Sabak, Red, but then depending on who you want to count, the original members could also be MC, Search, and or Necro also. Mm, you're pretty close, but you're missing one key member. Oh, DJ Cooks. Ah, there you go. There you go. What's your name and where are you calling from, my friend? Samuel Diamond in Huntington. Yo, Huntington, what up? And that's, that's out on Strong Island? Yes, sir. All right, well, here's what you're going to do. You're going to tweet at DharmicX. That's at D-H-A-R-M-I-C-X. And Darmic is going to arrange the... Uh, the uh, handoff to you. You've won two sets of tickets Friday night. You're seeing a very exclusive show at the Sono Soundstage. And uh, that's produced in part by Fool's Gold Records. Shouts to everyone at Fool's Gold. Nick Catch Dubs, A Track, all that. Sam, Ben Jacobs, and all that. And then you won tickets to see Big Crit. And if Darmic's in a good mood, my buddy, we may even throw, throw in another pair of tickets to another show. So get your dancing shoes on. And thank you for calling. That's Thank you. Yo, you can make a quick shout out. We never have people on there, but you can make a shout out. Just no cursing. A shout out to my girl Z. Ah, shout out to your girl. All right, my brother. Remember, tweet at Darmic X and you got the tickets. Thank you for playing. D H R. Yeah, you got it. Peace. All right. Congratulations to our winner. Now that we got that out the way, we're back. Darmic, now we were sitting around as usual. We come up with themes for the show. Yes. And we were like, yo, we've done food, we've done every media person, but who are we, right? We're just two guys on the radio. We're two guys who are pretty new to radio. Mm-hmm. So, how are we going to do this? So, I said, look, let's do a tribute or a dedication, if you may, mm-hmm. to our favorite radio personalities. Yes. And we've come up with some names and we've lined up some guests. First guests, it's only right that we have the very legendary Eric Wynn, a.k.a. or better known as DJ Eclipse, who could be heard on this fine network. Right after us, actually. Eclipse, say what's up to our crowd. Hello, party people. Unbelievable. I can't believe we have DJ Eclipse here. <laughs> As if he's never showed up to the show. Exactly. Yeah, for- I'm not here at 10 o'clock every single Wednesday night. <laughs> I know, but the regular listeners could usually hear your voice echoing behind us. Right. This is true. And you're usually watching as we have some like high-profile guest in, in that seat. If you say so. I'm saying, but today, <laughs> today you're the high-profile guest. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you very much. And for for those who don't know, how long have you been on WNYU? Uh, NYU is what sixteen and a half years now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. 16. Seventeen years yeah. in March. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that officially makes you a radio legend. 
But well, I would hope that the job I do <laughs> contributes to that and not just the fact that I've been here that long. Well, you know what? Longevity <laughs> speaks to a lot of things, Eclipse. Yeah. To, to, to be in any one job and hold an audience for that long takes a lot of skill. Well, if I was working fries at McDonald's for 17 years, would that still make me a legend? Uh, if you were at the same McDonald's, perhaps you would be a legend. <laughs> you, could be a, you could be a local legend. Yeah. This is, this is true. Now, we're going to take it back. I've known Eclipse for longer than, than 16 years. Mm. And yes. An, an amazing journey it's been. I'm going to set this up. The year I meet Eclipse, there's a record shop on 9th Street. Mm-hmm. Is that true? This is true. And it's in the basement. It's called Fat Beats. That is right. One day I'm in Fat Beats. I'm talking to one of the people behind the counter. Mm-hmm. It could have been anyone. It could have been Joe Sinister. could have been DJ Ellie. Who knows right. who it was. And in comes DJ Eclipse now with a record bag. And he goes into the back of the store. And, and Joe, Fat Beats Joe, the founder of Fat Beats, is in the back of the store. Mm-hmm. And this is the very first time I ever see Eclipse. Now, I'm going to fast forward a little. Eclipse, what he means to me, Eclipse introduced me to my partner, V Edelman. I introduced you to Z V. You introduced me to Z V. I see. I don't remember any of that. Right here on this wonderful campus. And okay. I told the story when Z V was here. Does, you v, should, does v back it up? Z V backs the story okay. up 100%. You should remember this better than he should. I'm older than all y'all. I, I start forgetting everything now. See, yeah, but he forgets everything in general. I don't forget. Yeah. But I remember this. Eclipse... Eclipse was DJing a show that V had booked here on campus at Loeb. It was a Karis One show or something. And Eclipse was like, yo, this is the, the guy who set up the show from the university side. Huh. And he's like, you guys should meet. Really? So, which is pretty funny. Like, you were responsible pretty much for... Live and direct. For live and direct. Interesting. And and that kind of set it off. The, the, the Here's the relation for those who don't no and then we're going to lead to eclipse i don't want to take up this time but i just want to set it up live and direct is a concert company mm-hmm. we came on the scene in, in, in the mid to, to late 90s dj eclipse was at the record shop at fat beats he was a, a the manager of the record shop and also one of the only friendly people at the record <laughs> shop no shots to anyone sorry this, this neil is pretty, this is pretty true this is true and eclipse was the man now Here's what happened. We're doing these shows around town. I'm doing club nights. And there was another DJ on the scene. Uh, his name is Stretch Armstrong. Mm-hmm. Stretch's rates were through the roof. <laughs> now, this, this is a time when Stretch wouldn't walk in the room for any less than $2,500. Damn. So I was like, yo, I need to kind of get buddy-buddy with someone who, one, we could afford. And two, was as sick on the turntables as Stretch Armstrong. And that started my, my relationship with Eclipse. Right, but this was even before before Live this and Direct. This before Live and Direct. You were doing uh, a lot of joints with uh, with Chris AC. Yep. And uh, you definitely, you know, you were the first one uh, that I can recall to, to put me on, you know, like regular club gigs, doing different stuff throughout the city. Yeah, because cause I feel like before that you were kind of just like kind of pigeonholed into like the the rap scene like the rap scene sure and i knew because of your abilities on the tables mm-hmm. that you could take that and put it into the club right and and you were very effective and you would spin our, sh- our our nights at vinyl yep you would do probably every other week we'd have stretch right we'd have you we'd have god rest his soul rock raider uh-huh 
And sometimes we'd even have DJ Jab, Joe of Fat Beats. Yep. Shout out to Jab. Now, this is, uh, this is also a, a problem for me because, as he was saying, you know, Stretch was definitely the kingpin back then. Mm-hmm. And um, so I was kind of following in his footsteps because Peter was booking me whenever he couldn't get Stretch or he was to fill in for, you know, I was also filling in for Stretch up on KCR because mm. Stretch actually started getting real busy and couldn't even do his own radio show. <laughs> so now I would start filling in for him up there. So anyway, so whenever Peter was putting me in these spots, especially like vinyl, that was... Stretch's regular spot. So now I'm filling in for Stretch at Vinyl, and I'm already getting, you know, hey, hey, Stretch, what's up? And I'm like, nah, nah, I ain't Stretch, I ain't Stretch. That was like the worst error for me for for trying to make a name for myself because I was just Stretch Jr., basically. Everyone thought I was Stretch. And the, in the infamous story, the one night in the back room at Vinyl, Mariah Carey comes in, ah. and uh, she comes in, and she's like, ah, she's like, you know it's so nice to finally meet you. Oh, and I'm like, no doubt. Nice to meet you, too. And she's like, I got my new single, you know, produced by the Trackmasters, you know, but I only have it on tape. You know, can you play it? And I'm like, oh, we don't have a tape deck, which we did, but I was like, I ain't trying to go all out for that. So, you know, and she was just like, oh, well, you know, it's just, you just want to say hello. And I was like, yeah, no doubt. Yeah. So I called Stretch the next day. I was like, yo, you just met uh, Mariah Carey, just so you know. <laughs> That's amazing. You guys are almost like the same height, too, right? He's, he's, he's got me. He's taller. Uh, Okay. Yeah, he's taller than me. That see, so now now we're going back. This is the year probably ninety five, ninety four, yeah. ninety five, mm-hmm. pre live and direct, beginning of Fat Beats. Very exciting time if you're in New York, right? Now we spoke about this when V was up here. Fat Beats was the only place to find underground vinyl. I mean, there was Beach Street. There was what was the place in Midtown? Rock and Soul. There was Rock and Soul. Mm-hmm. But I think what Joe and, and what you and Joe did, like you guys not only sold and distributed vinyl, you guys created music and kind of really like put all that music out. And then you had an outlet and, and you had a relationship with Stretch and Bob. Right. So these are records that you'd hear on the radio. Right. On underground radio. Then you'd come in and you'd get to meet you and and probably hear the record because there were two turntables in the store. Mm-hmm. And people will come in and... and the thing about Fat Beats is that, you know, of, of all the eras of rap, like you hear about the golden era of right. rap, you hear about this, and I think it's our responsibility and people of our generation to kind of really represent and talk about that time and rap, because sure. that Fat Beats, that Fat Beats uh, scene was very serious. Sure, of course. I mean, and and just let me interject right here that there's a lot of famous record stores that you know um were were pertinent in the building of you know hip-hop history you know music factory and and, and uh, downstairs records you know places that you could go and find break beats and and ill 45s but to me fat beats is the best hip-hop record store just because of the fact that it was the first official all hip-hop record store and it was run by hip hop artists, and we didn't just—we weren't just a record store. We, we, you know, we became a record label, a, a record distribution company. You know, like you were saying, like we actually got involved with actually making music and showing people, you know, hey, you don't have to wait to get signed. You can just do all this yourself. So to me, Fat Beats is the is the most important record store in in hip hop. Yep, and and well, also what Fat Beats did is. Fat Beats also created their own shows, and they were mm-hmm. they were behind shows, especially 
you know, the most famous show that everyone talks about that Fat Beats did was kind of like, I think it was their one-year anniversary or two-year, whatever it was, at Vinyl. And the lineup of the show... Oh, yeah. Okay, now I'm going to set this up. Joe wanted to do a show. Mm-hmm. This is Joe at Fat Beats. Mm-hmm. He sent over Ryan. Sent over Ryan where? Uh, to, to our office. We okay. had an office down on, on, on Bond Street. It was uh-huh. called Urban Works. And Ryan came over. He's like, yo, let's make a flyer. So I bring him in, and out of that, I designed the very worst flyer that I've ever made in my entire life under the direction of Ryan. Is that the red one? That's the red one. It's so... You can't barely read it. It's so gross. Like, I I did such a bad job. Right. But you know what? That flyer, is as, as bad as it was designed... What was on that flyer could be the single most important mm-hmm. moment in the most important underground rap show. Yep. The lineup read something like this Company Flow, mm-hmm. The X Men, mm-hmm. Nonfiction, mm-hmm. Cracker Jacks. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Who are, the, who are those before you, before you continue? Cracker Jacks was uh, from Long Island. They were the extended family of leaders of the new school. Okay. Keep going. Uh, who else was on that flyer? Juggernauts. Juggernauts. Natural Elements. Natural Elements. Uh, wow. um, um, high Tech from the Mass Vinyl Crew. Yeah, High Tech. That's right. Um, that may have been it. That may have been it. And now, this event took place at Vinyl. Vinyl's a, a decent-sized club. It mm-hmm. probably held about, give or take, 1,200 to 1,500 people. Fat Beats drew this party, and the response was so overwhelming. Mm-hmm. I mean, so many people came out, and that at that moment, I was like, "This is something that's real." I knew it right. was real, right? Well, but when you see it, when you see the the, the you know responses, yeah, and and the way you spread the word, it's not like you send a tweet, a million people see, right? It. Right? Like we had bags of flyers, yep. we had eclipse like coming to DJR party. We made sure everybody had the flyer, and mm-hmm. we passed it around. And it was all word of mouth. Yep, and that was a very big moment for for the scene. And, you know, just, just to touch on a few other shows that, that we did, we did a Fat Beats, Company Flow, and Organized Confusion show. SOBs. Uh, we did. Uh, and then uh, the most famous event that Joe had a big part in was the ITF DJ competition. Right. Shout out to Alex Aquino. Shout out to Alex Aquino. Oh, mm-hmm. yes. I met him before. Yes, you did get to meet Alex Aquino. Okay. Yeah. So so these events, we're talking about the, the ITF event. We're talking 3,000 people at that point. And that was what Twilo, I think it was. At? That was at Club Twilo or the Sound Factory. Sound, okay. And I remember Joe saying, "Yo, I'm opening the store on on Sixth Avenue." Well, here's what Joe said to me, Clips. He said, "I'm opening the store on the most hip hop block in New York City." And I was like, "I was like, who the hell is gonna go to 125th Street to buy your records?" He's like, "No, Sixth Avenue." I was like. Uh, sounds good whatever and what he did is he bought radio advertisements to announce the opening of the shop on hot 97 and built into that radio advertisement he had an ad for the dj battle and it was there were two crews that were going at it that night it was uh how you say scratch scratch pickles and and, the x-men and the x-men legendary battle Mm -hmm. now this event like we go from a thousand people to 3,500 people. Like, this event is so out of here. We had DJ Riz and, of course, Eclipse who DJed that night. To put it in perspective for people maybe in this generation who might not fully get it, uh, the capacity for Irving Plaza, Peter. It's like, what, 1,100? 1,100. 900. 900? Yeah, yeah, it's about 900 to 1,000, yeah. 
So you had 3,500 people at this event. Who came to see a DJ event. Mm -hmm. Sponsored by a record shop Mm -hmm. in the middle of the city. And who else was at that event? A very young DJ, A-Track. Mm-hmm. At that one? He was there. Yep. Was he? Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure if he performed, but he. I remember meeting him on stage. Okay, I don't recall. Nah. I, uh, maybe my memory is kind of <laughs> messed up. This this is dealing with people whose memories and <laughs> things they were doing at that I mean, time he, period he, make he their memories harder. There. I'm not going to say he wasn't, but I, I don't recall him appearing until just a little bit later in the scene. Now, if you want to go do some research, just just to remind you, this is 89.1 FM. I'm Peter Oasis with... Uh, Dharmic X. And a man you usually hear here on this station at around 10 o'clock? 10.30. 10 10.30 for Way the halftime show. Way to roll your show. show times. DJ Eclipse is here. Yeah. And we're talking about Fat Beats. We, we brought it back to the 90s. We're going to catch up to now, mm-hmm. but we brought it back to the 90s. Yes. Because you have to start there. If you want to know what Fat Beats is and you want to see what Fat Beats is, Eclipse has dug up some very priceless video mm-hmm. that was filmed at the 6th Avenue Fat Beats store. Right, the the opening. Well, I mean, there's a lot of stuff from, from that store, but uh, I thought, or I think you're going about the, the grand opening day performance. But uh, yeah, there's a bunch of stuff I posted so there's far. A few, from 6th yeah, Avenue. yeah, there's a few others. Yeah, yeah. So yes. the, these videos, if you want to see what it was like... See, now, notice how I say see, Darmic. Yes. Because the smell inside of Fat Beats when there's about 150 <laughs> backpack, the, stinky butt, the, yeah. the sweat. Keep it hot. real, rap fans. Oh, mm-hmm. man, it was so bad. Mm-hmm. And it was hot. But it was good. Yeah. And, and, and to build on that, I think uh, the next video I post up is actually going to be footage from the 9th Street location. Um, I have uh, just kind of like a, it's not nothing really extravagant, but just gives people a look into the store that maybe never had a chance to, to go there or never even knows you know, knew what it looked like. You know, I got sinister DJing and you know just just walking around with the camera and you see a few people that you know were working there at the time, just hanging out and stuff like that. So, see, I always remember you had the camera. Like you, there were a few people that have some video, a lot of video. In, in particular, there's two guys who took a lot of video at Tramps and all. And they're kind of hoarding the video. They talk, think, which one, the brothers? Yeah, <laughs> they kind of think. And uh, yo, what's up, Jason and Hakeem? For for a while, when the DV the rap DVD was kind of popping, yep. they were like, "Yo, we're gonna hold off for this big day and sell it." Right. That kind of passed. Yeah. You uh. know, pay per view. Maybe we'll sell it to pay per view. <laughs> and we're talking like Eclipse. Like we're talking legendary rap shows. We're of talking course. Eminem. They've got crazy stuff. Oh wow! Yeah. Recorded from the soundboard. One of the brothers worked at CNN, and he would come with like some heavy duty cameras, mm. plug into the soundboard, and if he has like Eminem, Outkast, and like those some of those, those are those are still worth something online right now. Mm-hmm. Hey, Jason and Hakeem, please sell them to uh, World Star Hip Hop so the world can see them. Uh, you think World Star is going to give top billing on that? Well, I mean, I don't know. So we're talking about prices video. I mean, I remember Ninth Street. I would love to see video of that store. Mm-hmm. How much of it do you have? It's, I mean, the, the the clip that I just came across recently is is only a few minutes long. Basically, it just shows kind of like walking down the street into the store, walking through it. Again, seeing the people that's kind of in there working, and then uh, I think Mark from 88 Hip Hop was actually in the back doing something. Uh, rest in peace to Hero, who was in the back, back uh, packing up records or something like that. And then um, Nasty Neil was was uh, was hanging out and 
you know, cursing at people, and <laughs> uh, and then that was it. But again, just I, I mean, I just I I specifically captured the store just to make sure that you know you could see what it looked like and see all the records that were out during that time frame. Now, people nowadays, Dharmic, especially of your generation, take it for granted that everything is either videotaped, <laughs> right? You yeah, you know, photographed, mm-hmm. spread. Yep, shared, shared. Mm-hmm. This wasn't that time. There's a know. lot of foresight in thinking of doing this right. at that moment. You know, I'm I'm actually interested. Like, what were you thinking when you were when you were doing it? I mean, were just you- that. I mean, I, I've always been a collector. You know, what I'm saying where it's like not with just records, but just uh, you know, tapes of the radio and just you know, archiving and wanting to have information. You know, and so uh, you know, every time we would you know. Uh, do shows, go on tour. I would always bring the camera and just and film as much as I could, just so we have footage of everything. And you know, so it's like you know, all those early uh, first times that uh, the same acts that he mentioned. The first time we all ever went overseas in like '98. You know, I have footage of all of us over in Europe doing different festivals and shows, and you know, doing radio over there and stuff like that. So just you know, just to have it, just just to capture it and have it for for documentation. Now you you obviously we obviously had a first look at a lot of acts, a lot of talent. Sure. Whether they came through the record store or they wanted to somehow be part of our shows. Right. In your mind then, all right, now we're gonna catch up to today. There are people who came from our generation who are still relevant, who are still working. Mm-hmm. Would you guess that LP would still be working in two thousand and fourteen? Yeah. I mean, he was he was ahead of the pack then. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they were Company Flow already had the EP out independently before most of us even had the first single out. You know, or, or most of the the indie acts you mentioned were, were just putting out a few singles. You know, they already had the EP, the, the, you know, ready to go and, and was out there. So they were already kind of like making more noise than everyone. So they were already at the forefront. And then when the whole Raucous thing came along, you know, pretty much anyone that Raucous co-signed. That just gave everyone uh, uh, that that extension of, um, of of free promotion. You know, even if they didn't necessarily benefit from the, the royalties that being at Raucous, they benefited from the money Raucous spent on them. Most in quality, did you know they'd still be around today? Um, when you first saw them, they come into Fat Beats, they're, they're rapping, Quali's rapping. Are you like, yo, this guy's going to be around 2014, 15, 20 years from now? I don't, you know what? I don't. I'm not to single them out, and and just going back to to LP. Um, I don't know if I thought either or, being that they were going to be gone or that they wouldn't. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't, I don't think I thought I looked at any one of them and being. You know what? Natural Elements to me was always the one that I thought was going to be the biggest, just because they were that type of act that straddled the fence. You know what I'm saying? They didn't sound too underground they also sounded like they could have been come on commercial you know appeal they they were they were like that that you know and that that jay-z kind of vibe where it's like they can make joints that kind of cater to both and i always thought that ne had the best opportunity to actually be one of the max that kind of could cater to both sides where some of us you know were like just more stuck in anti-commercial and just like hey, we just want to do something that you know especially company flow you know what i'm saying so so i don't know if you know let, let me rephrase my my thought i don't think that i thought lp was going to be as big as he is but i knew that you know from his status of where he was that he wasn't going to stop doing stuff you know what i'm saying and the same thing with most and and you know quality it's like 
You know, I don't think that there's any of them that I heard that I was just like, well, these guys are only going to be here for a year. You know, it's just like, you know, they were all making music the same way, you know, we all are. And again, like those guys, I mean, I, I, I can tell you that I didn't know, I didn't think most was going to be as big as he is in like acting and, and all that stuff. So, I mean, that, that, that was, you know, a cool little twist to the whole scene of things. 89.1 FM. We have yeah. DJ Clips here. I'm Peter Oasis, Darmic X, NW3 Radio. We're talking fat beats. We're talking good time in rap. We're talking late 90s. A time when you would sit in a record shop and you would talk poop. Talking. For hours. Mm-hmm. You'd go into the shop and you would debate rap music. Now, yep. this is this is Twitter in real life. Yes. You'd come in. You'd bother Eclipse. You drag him out, and you talk about a record. You talk about. I think the the biggest uh, people that we bashed were the commercial rappers. There was a real strong sense that being underground was was hip, and that was the only way to go. And I, I told Darmic this the first time I came up. I'm like, yo, we used to sit around in fat beats, and people used to kind of take shots at, at Biggie. Right, like who's this guy? You, you mentioned this on the show a few weeks ago too, when I think when Zvi, Zvi was here, I think you mentioned this as well. Yeah, there, I, I mean, yeah, well, I mean, the, the whole thing was that that defining moment, you know, which I always say was like '95, you know, give or take within a year, you know, what I'm saying like the '94, '96, but '95 is when things really went separate, you know, and you had. You know, 94 was Woo, Biggie, and Nas, and you know, and then 95 was more of when Diddy was really getting Bad Boy, you know, really popping, and then you, then you, know, you had the locks and shiny suits, and it was getting really commercial, really watered down, and that's when we were all like, whoa, wait a minute, like, you know, we like Biggie, you know what I'm saying? We like Nas, Woo, and all that stuff, Mob, but now it's just like, eh, can't really mess with that you know that was a little bit too too it was just too easy it was too easy you know what i'm saying we always were looking you know, we were diggers we were looking for like beats and samples and stuff to chop up and like looking for you know the whole we came from that era of competition you know if you were an mc you wanted to be better than somebody else if you were you know a producer you wanted to, to find something that no one else had you know so it's like we were it was very competitive and so when you see someone like you know puffy making music where he's sampling diana ross and it's just like all right come on you know what i mean so it was like so at that point I think that really started putting divide where it was just like, all right, forget that. You know, we're going this way and we're just going to make hard, you know, whatever stuff. You know, but at the same token, that didn't mean, you know, that you could just be like an alien rapping. You know what I'm saying? Like, we cared about skills. We liked Mob Deep and we liked Wu Tang, you know, and we liked that style of stuff. And we, we kind of like looked at what we were doing as similar to that sound just on an indie level, you know. But there was other people. I mean, LP. You know, he just took it a step further. He really tried to be, you know, against the grain and just really do his own thing. And like, you know, you listen to some of that, 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 that earlier or mid cold flow stuff. It was really getting like mechanical and experimental sounding. And, and you know, he, he made a whole lane for himself. You know, with the Def Jux movement and all that. And it's great, but that also started really not only just separating the sound, but then you had subgenres within the independent scene. And it's just like, you know, but for, for a minute there, you could actually, you could walk in the fat beats. I'd say like in the, in the, the late nineties, like the 97 to 99 era, you can actually, um, 
go into Fat Beats, go and look at the new release wall and pick up every single thing on there. And if it was DITC, Myth and Links, Company Flow, Nonfiction, Natural Elements, you could buy it all, take it home, and you'd like it all. But then a couple years later, the sounds just started getting more and more subgenre where it's like, okay, well, if you liked Company Flow, then you probably were going to like Cannibal Ox, Company Flow, Adam's Family, stuff of that nature. And then if you like DITC, then that was something separate. You know, everything started kind of getting divided at that point. But I think the whole thing just really started with the anti-commercial was from like that mid-90s. And unfortunately, it kind of worked both ways. The underground was just like, you know, F commercial radio and commercial was like, oh, it's backpack rap. So it was like it was. And that's the thing that like, you know, I don't think I mean, I never really appreciated. You know, I don't I don't look at what we do as anything different than what the groups in you know the late 80s and early 90s did you know it's just we just do it independently you know we don't have the budget to to, to compete with the major labels but i think the music we make is just as creative you know just doing it on our own so you know i don't i don't think that uh, it's any different than than what they could be playing you know i feel you yeah i mean do you want to what do you we're gonna go to commercial right now Um, (laughs) what are you pointing peter peter just like peter just like just see, looking at me and just for like, those who don't see I, I know Eclipse when he's up here he has a uh, a camera in the studio and he streams it right but you're, what you're not seeing is me pointing at Darmic saying Darmic you're gonna play some music really uh, quick that wasn't very <laughs> obvious you were just pointing at me but when I point to you that means I'm throwing go you like, the ball you go like this play Darmic play, 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 play music play the music <laughs> 89.1 FM WNYU DJ Eclipse is our guest we'll be back in about 10 minutes or so 15 uh, 15 Later. Oh. Really, I wanted to ask you, you've been around in radio for, for a very long time. What kind of got you into radio initially? Um, I started in 1990. I was 15, and I right. was uh, just around the way, dude, working in the mall, in the music, doing parties with my friends, and I knew some of the DJ. I got an internship and a job. WNYU 89 to the to one. The one. Yo, all right, we got DJ Eclipse here, Darmic X. We're talking about the good old days, the good old days being the Fat Beats days. We're talking late 90s, special time in hip-hop. I am lucky enough, I need you to turn down the uh, instrumental so the world could hear. I got the homie, Kinetic Energy, who is an original member of the Arsonist crew. Kinetic, can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you. What's up? What's up? What's up? Yo, Eclipse. Yeah. All day on Twitter and on my Instagram, I've been teasing. And what, I, what I'm what i teasing and what I, I want Kinetic to tell us about was a certain show. I'm going to set this up for the audience. There was a spot called the Knitting Factory down on Leonard Street. Right. And Fat Beats and, and Live and Direct teamed up for another one of their great events. And I'm going to let Kinetic take it over. Kinetic. Yeah, so, you know, we're at the venue. Wait, who, who's performing venue. that night? Who's performing? Set it um, up. It's uh, Necro in Nonfiction, I believe. It, was that the lineup? That's it. Right. So that was the lineup. It was Necro, Nonfiction. Uh, Mr. Hyde was uh, running with Necro. I got a, I got a, you know, I ran into Hyde backstage, and he was like, oh, I got such a great surprise for you tonight, Kinetic. I got such a great surprise, and I'm like, all right, I mean, if it's such a surprise, you know, why can't you just give it to me now and forever hold your peace? He was like, nah, nah, it's with the night. So I said, okay, cool. You know, the show goes on, you know, he's he's uh, out living for Necro. Right before he's about to do a song, uh, 
he stops everything and says, oh, yeah, I got, I got a big surprise for all of you. And he pulls out this bag. It was a paper bag. And he tossed it into the crowd. <laughs> and the bag just sat there. It sat in the middle of the crowd. The, part, the crowd parted. I, I don't know if they were prepared for it, if they weren't prepared for it. But the crowd parted and just let the bag fall. And I'm like, what the heck's in the bags? And I, I'm, I'm thinking, this is the surprise he asked me about. And so I went into the middle of the floor, and I looked in the bag, and it was a dead pigeon. And you can understand, was, this was during the time of the West Nile virus scare. You know, pigeons were dying from mosquito bites. And, you know, everyone was paranoid. It was like the big propaganda on TV. It was the only thing that kept being talked about on TV because a couple of old people died from it. And I'm just thinking to myself, we're going to get sued. You know, somebody gets sick from the show, live and direct, bad beats are going to get sued. So I quickly pick the bag up and dispose of it. And this guy's like laughing on stage, like it's the most sinister lab ever. And I, all I could think about is, I want to kill this guy. I want to kill him. It, this guy's crazy. Hyde is crazy. I was like, this dude's supposed to be my homie. So, you know, I mean, all, all, else, all else, you know, considered, it was a great show. There was also some madness that happened backstage that night. Uh, you know, shout out to Bienvenido Perez who, you know, helped help put things put things into perspective and calm things down back there. But it was a crazy night. Uh and that, yeah. yeah, Kinetic, thank you, man. We're we're about to jump back into this. We Kinetic Energy, say what's up to the audience. That was Kinetic Energy, the arsonist. Hey, what's up, everyone? We were talking about a show happened at the knitting factory, nonfiction necro show there was a dead pigeon in the bag <laughs> a lot of crazy stuff that happened tonight yo kinetic thank you you know you gotta come through here at some point definitely man thank you for having me i right, be well brother Peace. you too rock on we still got eclipse rock, in the rock, studio rock on. yeah now eclipse man mm-hmm See, the thing about rap shows is that probably didn't happen at every show right no not every show not every show. Just to, how many shows did that happen? I, I don't know. I mean, uh, <laughs> different different antics for different shows. I don't think the Dead Pigeon rocked at, at other shows, but uh, you know, there was always other other things. I mean, Necro shows are infamous for having girls on stage topless, you know, stuff like that. So body slams. Uh, Is this? Uh, were there any action? Bronson action nah, going on? Back nah, then? it wasn't. Wasn't so much uh, that. It was just you know a lot of uh, female body parts on stage. Um, you know, and then of course with the nonfiction earlier shows, it was always you know <clears throat> watch what you say around Bill, you know, because he was also known for punching fans in the face that uh, came out of their mouth wrong. So, you know, that happened a bunch of times. And that, luckily, as Bill got older, he calmed down and realized that you can't always do that. So, he's a nice guy now. Yeah, I mean, he's, you know, <laughs> he's always a nice guy. But you know, again, it's just like it's you know what it is. It's the same thing as like. The stuff that people say on the internet, they would never say to your face, mm-hmm. and and at shows, ninety nine percent of the time, they don't say it to your face. But you're always gonna get one dude who's like drunk or stupid and is gonna just say something stupid, and that's next thing you know, he's laying on the floor. <laughs> you know, so it, that's that's what happens. But you know, I mean, that's it's, it's the same thing now. It's just it all lives online now. We're talking about rap shows with DJ Eclipse at the yeah. halftime show. Keep in mind the halftime show is coming up soon. Yep. Clips, I'm going to ask you a few short questions really quick. Best performers of that era. Your favorites to see at Tramps, at the Wetlands, um, any of that off the top of the head. Wow. Well, let me see. For for 
For Tramps, I would say maybe De La for Tramps. Um, MOP. I was going to say MOP for Wetlands, actually. But they've been, you know, all all of the joints. Yeah, Tramps, too. Actually, I remember Fane, I think, fell off stage at Tramps. Um, um, Who else? What about the Arsonist? They were, like, everywhere. Like, that's that's the thing. It's just like, you know, as I'm going through this footage I have, it's like the stuff that I've been putting out is like the 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 smaller parts of what I have, but the majority of what I have is arsonist, nonfiction, natural elements, juggernauts. Like because we were all doing the circuit, you know what I'm saying? We were doing all the same. We were doing wetlands and tramps and vinyl and you know and all these other spots and uh, you know. So it's like we were everywhere. We were at you know what was this, uh, what was the one on uh, on on St. Mark's uh, that, that had, would be uh, that had a short lived. Time. Two seconds, um, two seconds, two seconds. I think Bobito was involved with that it, too. That was called the Coney Island High. Coney Island High. Word. Thank that you. Joint, Yo, my memory's crazy. That joint. Um, clips. Yeah, just, All things considering, know. yes, it is crazy. So there was, uh, you know, another thing, too, uh, back then that was kind of cool was um, even though the sounds, music-wise, you know, rap-wise, were, were kind of changing and, and, and uh, segregating, it was still a great time for us DJs, and we were all pretty much together during that time. That was still when record labels existed, when vinyl was being made, and what we would do every, usually Friday, we would do record runs. And we would gather up as many people as we could find, and we would go up to the labels, and we would, in one day, we would go to as many labels as we could, and we would say what's up to all the people we knew up there, and we would collect all the records, because that was the only way you were getting the exclusives. There wasn't, there was no internet, it wasn't, you know, no MP3s, so it was like you had to get the test pressings, and you went up to the labels to get the test pressings before they mailed them out to every other DJ in the world. Right. So you wanted to be the first to get it. So it would be me and Riz. Uh, Cypher Sounds, Stretch, sometimes Mr. C. Um, it was just, you know, uh, sh- shout out to Camillo, Enough. Um, shout out to Jessica and um, from Stress and, and the whole uh, Flip Flip Squad DJs. And, you know, everyone was just like, it was just more unity with the DJs still at that point. It hadn't really gotten to the point where it is now where it's like, I mean, I, Camillo's still my man, but I can't remember the last time I talk to him or saw him you know what i mean so it's just like that that whole era was also just good for that time for just like bonding with other djs and, and you know everyone was cool you know camilla was in tony touch and pf cutting were making the illest mixtapes during that time um yeah it was just you know good a good era yeah well I, I now that we've kind of moved on i wanted to find out i'm sure peter got into some fights back in the day back in those days no nah. i don't remember him getting into fights no but he was mad quiet yo this dude came a long way he was uh, never he's... never all this talkative and all that stuff he uh, was okay. always like he was like shysty back then he was like the <laughs> dude that you had to like watch yourself around him because you didn't know if he was going to be in your pockets or something like that he just had that look he'd be like that you know he's his, his head be going back and yeah, forth. Yeah, but you like gotta keep in mind, Cliff. At one at one point, Zvi and I were employing a lot of underground and overground rap personalities. You know, we paid a lot of child supports and a lot of rent payments and whatnot. <laughs> yeah. And you moved into your apartment, you needed some new furniture, you may have played a tramps. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. You know, I, I always saw I always knew that fastest way to make friends with the talent was to always pay them and pay them on time and give them looks i always like had this crazy vision 
of how to like put these shows together like i would come into fat beats and i'd like go to the back and i'd be like eclipse what do you think if we did this what if we put this guy with right. this guy right and a lot of times eclipse was like no that doesn't make sense you know so some of the pairings didn't make sense and when eclipse said it didn't make sense i usually ran with it <laughs> this is true but this but i remember some of these things more later like some of those those and it did worked against you. Some of those shows you did at uh, Nokia Theater, yeah, where you might have had like Black Star being the headliner, but then there was like a down south dude opening up for them that would get booed, you know, before Black Star got on. For did, example, J Electronica. Well, I'm, th- that's not who I was talking about, but I don't even remember who the actual the, the show I'm thinking about. I can't remember who the opening act was. But the I, act was named Black Star. Was it that? That's true. The act was oh. named Black. Well, oh yes, Black Star opened up for for Black, for Black Star. For Black Star, that's what was it was. It? Yeah, really. They, well, that was uh, two shows in one night, and okay. the, the Black Star got booed off. Right, Black Star, the first, the artist, yeah. the, the name, the one single one, man band. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what? You know, I think part of a good rap show is I hate it to say this, but it's like seeing someone get booed off, or as my favorite rap show is seeing someone getting booed that will eventually outrun. The headliner. For instance, Kid Cudi. I saw Cudi perform on the mm-hmm. High Line. He was a very baby, baby act. And he didn't get booed, but he didn't get a response at all. Right. So to see Cudi go on and then play like the Barclays Center last right, year. Right, right, right. Like that's bugged out to me. Or, or even Big Crit, the guy we just gave tickets away. He does Highline Ballroom every time he comes here, mainly because it was the first time he did New York at Highline and he got booed there. And so he keeps coming back just to remind people that this is where he got booed. Well, you know, again, this goes back to the fact that we all hold what we love dearly to ourselves and we care about the music. You know, we, we care about the culture of the music. The people that necessarily listen to the commercial stations don't. They're fans of a song. They're fans of like what they hear on the radio. They they obviously you know probably don't know the majority of the history of the artist or even listening to it. It's, oh, I like that's my joint. We here care about the culture, the music, the background, the history, and so you know when we see shows, we know what's up. How many of y'all? You probably weren't around. You remember the Roseland show, Ghostface and Rakim? That was my show. Okay, Ghostface and Rakim at um, at Roseland. Cipher Sounds opened up. Now this is, you know, when Cypher Sounds is still prominently a, a, a hot 97 DJ, but Cypher's smart. He knows where he came from. You know what I'm saying? He came from the Fat Beats era, all that stuff. He gets up on stage and he says that, and he goes and plays OC Times Up and you know stuff of that nature, and he rocks a nice set, keeps the crowd, you know, content. What DJ came up next? K, K- Slay. Is it K, K- Slay? Came right, up wait, next. Okay, well, all right. And, and I, this... I'm gonna explain this, this what was going on. Like, all right. And, and and mind you that yeah the the behind the scenes with here's my, what was going on we, we had a show right. Roseland Ballroom the show had originally been scheduled for for the Hammerstein mm-hmm. and some big wig at Hammerstein Ballroom at the, in the Live Nation crew was holding an event uh-huh. like some type of event at the Hammerstein and she said I don't want rap there we moved the show to Roseland so out the, straight out the gate there's already like some weird negative energy right. around the show we put together a lineup it was a guy from uh, Detroit named Royce to five nine uh, Cipher mm-hmm. DJ Ski High. Uh, I don't remember Ski High or Royce. Rock Hem. Yeah. I'm look. I, I see the flyer okay. in my head. Rock Hem. Ghostface Killer. Mm-hmm. Talib Kweli and High Tech. Really? I was jo- was Joel not on that? No, this what? is way before Joel okay. was right, even right, right. popping. We booked a show and 
DJ K Slay. It was time to go on. He's rocking. He's rocking a bit. At that moment, we get the word that Rakim tried to come in the back of the venue. Right. He had been arrested. Right. He had been arrested as he stepped foot into the into the room. Right. Now K Slay's on stage. He's mm-hmm. throwing some records. It's okay. People are kind of like, oh, this is dope. This is K Slay. Mm-hmm. In a matter of time, in a matter of seconds, mm-hmm. he prove that if you play the wrong mm-hmm. record yes. at the wrong time yes. in front of close to 4000 people uh-huh. everything is going to backfire the record that he played what was it peter was the, the biggest commercial song at the time mm-hmm. is a dude by the name of jay kwan right the song is called tipsy, tipsy. Yep. he played tipsy and at oh, a ghost face and rock Hem show he played tipsy yeah. uh, and, and I, all I saw was basketballs flying from the crowd to the stage and now when we talk about basketballs <laughs> the sponsor of the night was Converse uh. Converse had given away these mini basketballs <laughs> and you know what people took their mini basketballs threw them at the stage yeah. and 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 K Slay was just like, "Yo, I can't do this. It's crazy of course, out of there." Of course, it's, it's you know, it's, it's it's yo, you gotta you know, gotta pay attention. Came backstage, said, "Yo, this I can't do it. It's crazy." <laughs> yeah. pa- Papoose was on this bill. Was why K Slay? No, no, okay. Papoose was no. not even oh, okay. a thing no. then. Another show. While we're talking about incidents like this, and and this is on our side of things, the um, DITC show at Tramps, yes. which I spun with Riz and Jab. Now, Jab went on first. I wasn't at the venue yet. I walk in the front door, and I think Nelson and some other cats came out to me like, yo, you got to get your man off. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, yo, they booing him. I'm like, what? So I'm like, what happened? He's like, yo, you got to... Uh. So I go up to Joe. I'm like, yo, what, what happened? He's like, oh, man, I played I played Jay-Z, Money Cash Hoes, and everyone started booing me. <laughs> I was just like, Joe, you can't play Money Cash Hoes at a DITC show. You can play Still Ghetto. Yeah. You can play, like, you know, uh, uh, um, you know, one of the preem joints, you know what I'm saying? Like one of the other joints. 22s or something. Um, yeah, you, know, you can play something like that, but you can't play Money Cash Hoes at a DITC concert. <laughs> so that, that, always, that, always, that always still comes up. When, you know when that conversation comes up about that show, very good stuff. But then the the Roseland show had a nice ending, right? You finagled uh, some sort of replacement last last minute. No, you were talking the, about well, this. Well, here's what happened at the at the Roseland show. I had ran back and I was I asked DJ Premier if he could go on stage and kind of like calm the crowd down. Mm-hmm. Like I begged him. I was like, "Oh, please help me." I didn't know him. <laughs> I had like kind of known him. I like kind of worked him every now and then and i was like yo can you please help me out and i think he did i mean all in all is a great rap memory right it's it's may not go down as you know a great rap moment like i don't know old dirty bastard beating up black thought, black thought on stage right but you know what i think this is kind of sums it up it's up to people like us as i said before to keep the memory alive and to really tell these stories, Eclipse, the way we saw them and the way they were. Because right. if we don't keep the word and we don't tell the stories, they're going to disappear. Right. And and that's not and that's not the way it goes. We're we're running out of time here. The halftime show's coming up. Woo! What what I wanted to say, and I, I <clears throat> there's so much to talk about, and we're gonna have to have Eclipse up here again for a part two. Uh, if you're just tuning in. 
NW3 Radio is now available on Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and iTunes. Just search for that. Add us, like us, and you can listen to our, our back episodes. You can listen to this episode with DJ Eclipse. What what I wanted to say when Eclipse brought up the Digging in the Crate show, I have to say rest in peace to Big L. Of course. Yes. Which, major. Like, that was a major moment. Yeah. Because that show didn't start out as a tribute show. It just started out as a DITC show and ended up becoming a tribute show. And, dude, and we could go into that story. and Like, that would take yeah. another sure. 20 minutes. But uh-huh. shouts to Rock Raider, mm-hmm. who isn't with us. There, there are people who we started with who aren't here. Guru. Guru. I feel like there's more. You you shout out headquarters a lot. Oh, yeah. Shout out headquarters no of the uh, Gangstar Foundation. I don't know. I mean... And then I think the most important rest in peace shout out, and it's only right, is the record store, Fat Beats. I think that was one of the saddest days in the history of 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 rap for me. I'll tell you what, though. I think that that, uh, I don't think there's any other store that you can name that went out like Fat Beats did. Yeah. That last week of events that we did, and specifically the last day, that was like... The craziest yes. ever. I, I that was my first week in New York City. Right, I like to say, and and I found it found Fat Beats on uh, my first day in the city, mm-hmm. and I think uh, that one of the events was happening, and, it, and that's how I found out about it. And right. that last day was was insane. There was a line like yeah. around the corner. The people waited the <laughs> yes. whole day. I mean, we filled up within like an hour or two of being open, and people stayed outside the whole entire time the store was open in hopes of trying to get in. Yeah. I, I got in, but after Premiere had finished spinning. Yeah. This is when Premiere was like just meeting people just to like sign autographs right, and stuff. Right, right. It was me and my friend like who I just met that week, and we were just waiting in line, waiting, 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 and then we finally got in to just like take a picture and right. like get Primo to, to yep. sign a shirt or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was crazy. Yeah, I mean, to me, as much of a funeral as it was, it was definitely like a, it was the end of something. You just right. knew at that moment. I knew as I stood out there and watched all these people and saw these familiar faces that this was really the end of something very special. Right. And and I cried as many people did. I've never seen so many grown ass adults <laughs> crying at the closing of of anything. You know, you would think their grandmothers or their parents had died. And it was, it's, it's probably one of the greatest days for me and the saddest days. Now, if you go to Fat Beats today, uh, what's there in that space? It's like a massage parlor and like a, a, a tarot card reading. Yeah, tarot cards. Uh, thing. And, and even the Bagel Buffet is gone. Now it's Dunkin' Donuts. It's like the whole thing. The whole building's changed. That whole area has changed, though. Since, since Fat Beats was started there in 96... Sixth Avenue and A Street used to be popping. It used to be popping for businesses in general. And if you go over there now, it's just dead. It's just so dead. Like no, you can no longer see Percy P in front of the store. <laughs> I knew we were Preacher going and Sav Kills and that all was those all dudes. Annoying. That was a whole other thing. Shout out to Jay Smooth, who actually just did like a kind of segment on people selling you know hand-to-hand cds you know that, that and that's a whole nother story and you know i won't get into a, a long-winded thing on that but i will say this selling your cds hand-to-hand is cool selling them directly in front of an establishment where you're trying to zero in on their clientele is not cool you know what i'm saying not when not when it, at, at the expense of costing business to that establishment and that was a that was a big factor of fappy's closing as well people 
would come up to me and tell me they did not want to come to the store anymore because they did not want to be harassed by people standing up front. They were kind of harassing. And yeah. I know you remember this mm-hmm. on the last week. In the South, it feels like the hand-to-hand thing is... is a, I mean, I guess there are not that many like record stores like that. So, right. And it was its own hustle. It, it came with a, with a modicum of like respect. Whereas here in New York, the way it's done, or it's still done, actually, amazingly, I can't believe it, but it's still done. Right. It just it just comes out in a way of trying to exploit tourists, essentially. It's, well, that's what it is. It's, it's just trying to exploit. And the thing, you know, pe- people, Showbiz and AG sold their record out of the trunk of the car. Mm-hmm. Difference was their record was popping. You know what I'm saying? It's like they were getting play, you know, on the on the radio stations. People wanted it. You know what I'm saying? So they were selling it hand to hand. There was a demand for it. They weren't like, yo, you listen to hip hop, yo, you know, I got a turntable here. Let me play this record for you. You know what I'm saying? Like, wasn't they weren't trying to push it on you? It was a demand for it. <laughs> And you know, and, and and all these dudes, it's just like, if you're good, you know, I mean, you should be able to do something more than standing in front of a store. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. That's my thought. <laughs> and we're gonna end this. They on were that they, thought. They were legends, though. They did a, the fact that you remember I don't know their names. They, but there was Percy P. Is you know legendary. He you know he he came out in '88. He made a record, let the homicide begin. That was his joint. That was that was ill. And then he went on did other stuff on Big Beat Records. He, you know, and then obviously. More recently, Stone Stone stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the other dudes, they were just around, hanging around. <laughs> the fact that you remember all their names was amazing, Peter. Though, well, yeah. how I don't, you know, I as a flyer distributor guy who handed out flyers, you would have to be on the same sidewalk <laughs> as them, yeah, and make small talk. Thank you so much, DJ Eclipse, man. Thank you, guys, NW3, for having me. Yes, now where were we, NW3? Coming up in the next few weeks, we have confirmed the legendary Jay Smooth. Yes. We have uh, finally. a few other... Yeah, finally. I mean, we chased him down. We've, we have some other tricks up our sleeves. I've been a big fan of Jay Smooth, for sure. Um, we have some other uh, other guests that we've been reaching out other to. Guests. I want to say shout out today, Darmic. You and I were, were lucky enough to be over at the Rubber Track Studio. Yes, yes. A lot of good folks over there. Yeah. Uh, we saw uh, Young Wiki, Rat mm-hmm. King, yep. uh, Hawk, yes. Rat King. Uh, Remy Banks, I, World's I, Fair. I saw Dante uh, tweet something that someone came up to him listening, wanted him to listen to a demo. And his person's name was Young Whack. Is, 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 there, is there really somebody that's named Young Whack? Moment of silence for Young Whack. Rest in peace to that career. Anyways. <laughs> wow. Who else was there? Pain the Thug? Similar to Young Whack, they have little pain. Little I don't know pain. how that will survive. Rest in peace to that uh, one. Shouts to Ben Hameen over there who released some new music today. Yes. You can find that over at the Complex blog. Yep. Uh, who else was there? Party Supplies, of course. Justin and Sean. A band by the name of Antibalas getting Antibalas ready for this folks. Friday Shouts show. to Will Rash and uh, and Luke and those dudes. And so that was fun. You walked out with a, with a pair of sneakers. Yeah, some chucks. I walked out with sneakers that I'll probably never walk in because they're a little too small. <laughs> yeah, among other things. But that's fun. Thank you for, for to our winner. If uh, you haven't tweeted he's reached, at Darmic he's, yet. He's reached out to me. What's the young brother's name, Darmic? Uh, man's name is Sam. Sam Diamond. Sam Diamond Sam will be at the very exclusive Sonos Party Supplies jump off this week, as will I. There's also another a secret event tomorrow with uh, the homie Danny Brown. Yes. At the same space. Mm-hmm. Same deal. All the tickets are sold out. Yeah, I, I'm not even going to the Danny Brown one. I didn't even know about it until today. I want to thank DJ Eclipse again. Darmic, this has been another great episode. Uh, Eclipse, are you guys ready? No. No, all right, we'll keep talking. We have a minute, though. Yeah, 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 we do have a minute. Here's the outro.